Hello, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. And welcome to your conversation with two geeks, the podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today we're going to talk about everything from the new trailer to Fast 9 to our thoughts on the newest episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier and much more. Also, please feel free to follow us on all our social media channels. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. That's with the number two. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And also, if you feel like emailing us about anything from this episode or previous episodes, we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. That's spelled all the way out. We'd love to hear from you guys. And we will have a link to all these in the show notes. Anyway, so it's uh, so it's been a while since we've done. How are you today? <sighs> Anyways, how are you, Jamie? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. It's been a while since we've rec- last recorded. I know. we. So, as you guys know, we took a couple of weeks off. Um, we had some, We did have episodes coming out, but this is our first episode back recording after a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, but um, I'm excited to be back. It was yeah. nice to have a little bit of a break. Uh, mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, yeah, most definitely, especially given that your boy is now 22. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Happy uh, belated birthday to you, though I did you. talk to you on your birthday. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, no, it was nice to have a bit of a break because, um, you know, we were just hammering out episodes and stuff. And then we also got to try new things. And we also have the social network episode. And we, and it's not mm-hmm. just, I mean, we might even have future plans with that. Uh, I would. Yeah. We will keep you updated on that. And also, we are so sorry because when we decided to take a break, a whole bunch of stuff dropped. Yeah. <laughs> that we haven't gotten to talk about. So, Loki we trailers, will see. Space Jam 2. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll see if we decide to like do an episode on that later down the road, or maybe one of the special episodes. We'll just pick a couple of topics from those and talk about it, maybe. But. We will keep you updated on all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, uh, moving on to our first item for today. Um, we got a new trailer for Fat... I'm, the, the title is Fast 9, but I'm just going to call it Fast and Furious 9. Because okay. that that's how it is. Uh, wow, they're, Jesus Christ, they're attendees. Um, anyway, so we got a new trailer for Fast 9 in which... Um, so the film synopsis reads, Dom Toretto is living a quiet life off the grid with Letty and his, little, and his son, little Brian but they know that danger always lurks just beyond their peaceful horizon. This time, the threat will force Dom to confront the sins of his past if he's going to save those he loves the most. His crew joins together to stop a world-sharing plot led by the most skilled assassin, high-performance driver they ever encounter, a man who happens to be Dom's forsaken brother, Jacob, played by John Cena! Da, 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 da. That, that's who it was. I was like, I know who you are. <laughs> I like this trailer a lot. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, um, all right. Yeah. Uh, the film stars Vin, D- Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyree Gibson, Chris Ludicus Bridges, Jordana Brewster, and uh, uh, Natalie Emanuel. Emanuel, sorry. Uh, Michael Rooker, John Cena, Soon Kang, with uh, with Helen Mirren and Charlie Theron, and directed by Justin Lin, who is returning to the franchise after doing the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth installments. Uh, he didn't come back for seven and eight. That was done by James Wan and ah, shoot, I forgot the director's name. I <sighs> bleep me. Um, I forgot the director's name for the eighth one. Um, but I don't um, remember. I, I don't remember either. But yeah, uh, Fast Nine is slated to be released on June twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. Jamie, what did we? What did you think about the trailer? 
Um, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was a good. This is their second trailer, I believe. Yes. I know we had one, um, but I think it gave you a good idea of what the movie is going to be um, and stuff. I the action looks really great. The car, obviously, the car stuff is going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be exciting. Um, and. I feel like I haven't seen like a Vin Diesel movie in like a hot second, so it's gonna be interesting. And I'm, I I think it's gonna be really cool. What do you think? I mean, we did have a Vin Diesel movie before, you know, the quarantine apocalypse happened. So, what movie? Well, I think it was like Bloodspot or something like that. Oh, I probably didn't see that, but yeah, I, I feel like I, I, I don't think I did. I I, I didn't either. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I'm just I'm just shocked that we have nine of these. I know, like, I always think about it, and, like, this is, like, the franchise that has so many movies, but um, it's always, like, oh, yeah, that, that's still going on. It, it's been going on for a long time, so. Yeah, like, we yeah. should have feasibly been, like, keep in mind, they started off robbing VHS and DVD, like, combos. Like, yeah. they were trying to hijack those, and, like, I don't know. I always think of that quote from F- Fast Five where it's like, we gone from Mission Impossible to Mission freaking Insanity. And now they're only at the end of space. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh. And now I'm even hearing like stuff like the director's even like flirting around like with the idea of like, you know, we could combine with another universal franchise. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy could you uh, imagine that though if, like that if, like that ever happened like imagine them racing through like the jurassic park like just racing through the park or something i want Vendies with a bunch chased. of dinosaurs that's all i want i mean it would probably be like super cool and and awesome but it would just be so strange i mean way too yeah, I don't personally. I I'm not sure it's cool and like they are kind of like flirty with the idea. I don't think that this is gonna happen. But then again, I also said that they probably wouldn't go into space. So That's I'm not betting against this franchise anymore. Like y'all do what you want to do. I just <laughs> I know. And, uh, I mean, yeah. we're gonna have like flying cars and like weird crap in this movie. So it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, like to see mag- what they decide to do like magnet cars and just also like and also like characters that thought were dead but that were not like dead dead but were like oh wait no you survive yeah. um that's the um uh sun king's character um mm-hmm. who died in the who died in like the seventh movie thanks to jason satham which kind of now feels weird in retrospect like especially given that he also has his own movie but you know we won't talk about that <laughs> yeah but yeah, no, it's just this franchise, this fucking franchise. And, know, and I'll, it's crazy. Also, like, there's also kind of personal significance. Like, this is this Bond and Mission Possible are like one of the big franchises that my dad and I like to bond over. So yeah. seeing this in the theaters again, my dad will probably be like really cool. I think this is the first movie that I think we both we both have kind of uh, we both have kind of agreed to like check out in the theaters together because I've yeah. been to the theaters, but he hasn't. So mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be. My- it'll be my stepdad, as a car mechanic and as a car phenom, loves these movies. <laughs> like, 
and he just and I think he just likes just to see the cars. Like I really think he could watch these just to look at all the different cars and everything that they do. So, My dad's the same way. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's yeah, he's gonna be pretty stoked to see this new movie and everything like that. He's gonna be like, yes, let's go see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. Um, while speaking of Variety regarding his role in Promising Young Woman, Alfred Molina confirmed that he will be reprising his role as Dr. Otto Octavius, uh, aka Doc Ock, in the new Inspire-Man Far From Home, saying that when we were shooting it, we were all under orders not to talk about it because it was supposed to be some big, great big secret. But, you know, it's all over the internet. I, I actually described it myself as the work kept secret in Hollywood. In addition to that, Molina also revealed that they will be picking up his story from the end of uh, from the end from 2004, Spider-Man 2, saying that the movie will pick up Doc Ock's story from that moment in the river. For those that don't remember it, um, Doc Ock sacrificed himself um, to save New York is a whole redemption story sort of thing at the end. Um, Melina also told the publication that they'll be de-aging him for the role, similar to how Robert Downey Jr. and Samuel Jackson were de-aged for Captain America Civil War and Captain Marvel, respectively. Despite this confirmation from Melina himself, neither Sony nor Marvel has confirmed this news. So Doc Ock is back. This is this movie is gonna be bonkers, and I'm here for it. I, I like they have like Doc Ock from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. <laughs> like what? Like this is gonna be insane. Just, and like, what are they gonna do? Like, they're gonna pick up his story. That's gonna be crazy. And to see what happens. They just and he just like casually just like reveals it. And I imagine that the Marvel snipers are probably like, what the fuck? This is obviously somebody who's not used to working with the new Marvel regime. Yeah, and it's like, and I imagine him playing be like, motherfucker. Like you I mean, under- he's not wrong though. Worst kept secret in Hollywood, like. Yeah, and I'm already seeing kind of leaks, and there was even like one leak. I won't say what's in it, but this person got another thing also right. We'll talk about it later when we hit Falcon Winter Soldier, but kind of got some one other thing right apparently. And mm-hmm. I'm and I am actually starting to feasibly think that this might be the thing, and I'm just like wondering how this is all going to end up. But either way, I mean, I'm excited to see Alfred Molina back in like Doc Ock. Because I really yeah. do like it for Spider-Man 2. I'm just, it's just, it's just gonna be interesting. I've already been kind of seeing the discourse online and it's all over the place. Like there are people that really don't like it to people who do like it. And then everyone in between is just like, I'm just excited to see Alvin Molina back. I know, it's gonna be crazy. It's like, this is really gonna like blow everybody's minds, especially like people who've seen like hit the movies he's in and stuff. It's gonna be crazy. Mm. I'm excited. Yeah, but yeah. Um, moving on to our next item. An exclusive from the mm-hmm. rap reports that Lucy Liu has joined the cast of New Line slash DC's Shazam Fury of the Gods as the villainous Calypso, uh, second daughter of Atlas and sister Hesperia, who will be played by Helen Mirren. The film is set to be directed by David F. Sandberg, who directed the first film, with Zachary Levi and Asher Angel set to return in the teacher role. So, Lucy Liu. <laughs> That'd be cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I I love Lucy. I I love Lucy Liu, and also what was the last Lucy? I'm, I'm trying to remember what the last Lucy Liu thing um, that she was in because I mostly remember her from like Charlie's Angels and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I love Lucy Liu, and like just oh, I just mm, yes, it's gonna be cool. I mean, this Shazam movie is gonna be crazy. Mm-hmm. I think 
gonna be a lot of fun yeah i mean we we i mean we got dame helen mirren in it and i know and just dame helen mirren plus lucy Liu. And, oh my god and they're playing the villains so it's gonna be like awesome it's just like it, it, and, and, and keep in mind this is like my favorite like current dc movie right now mm-hmm. and just like uh, I'm, I'm just like okay david I'll I'll be there opening 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 day with like my or as Mark Ellis like to call it my bucket of corn, mm-hmm. and just be like, all right, all right, David, show me what you got. <sighs> yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for this. Like this this is just awesome and just yeah, I'm 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 in, I'm in for yeah, this. me too. Yeah. All right. Moving on to some more casting news. Uh, Variety reports that Angst Shield and Terminator Dark Fate star Gabriel Luna has joined the cast of HBO's The Last of Us alongside Petra Pascal and, Be- and Bella Ramsey, who will be playing Joe and Ellie, respectively. In the show, Luna will play Tommy, Jill's younger brother, a former soldier who hasn't lost his sense of idealism and hope for a better world. For those unfamiliar with the actor, Luna previously played Ghost Rider on the fourth season of Agent Shield and played the Rev 9 in Terminator Dark Fate. The show is set to be written and executive produced by Chernobyl creator Craig Manson and Neil Druckmann, the original games creator. This Last of Us thing, the more and more, I mean, I mean, it was to be expected, right? That this was going to be like a big, huge thing because mm-hmm. it's HBO. Like they're gonna, they're gonna put it all the money they can. Mm-hmm. But it's just the more and more. I mean, we got we got Pedro Pascal in this, and now we got D- Gabriel Luna. Yeah, I mean, I just. I... The, I told you in the beginning, this had the potential to be something epic if they did it right. And they're casting really good people. HBO has the money to give them a good budget. It has a really good story to go along with it. All of the pieces are coming to play. So we'll just have to see the execution like when it comes out. But yeah. it literally, like, I'm not even joking. Because I remember when The Walking Dead first came out and how huge that that was, like when it first came out. Mm-hmm. This has the potential to beat that, I think, and be even better. I like. I'm gonna kind of agree with you on that. I I 100 like, agree with you. On and I'm that. only using The Walking Dead because it's one of the bigger zombie things I can think of off the top of my head. That's what TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it really does. Like if HBO does this right. And and they let the original game creator, which they already are involved in, like helping with the story, they have a hit on their hands, and they and like they have their potentially one of their next big things. Like mm-hmm. this could this could be that Game of Thrones thing that they are lacking since Game of Thrones ended. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, and they've been searching for that a bit. I mean, they're yeah. kind of in the same position that AMC is in Walking Dead, where they keep announcing spinoffs. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. and it's like, oh, oh, we, oh, I, I feel your pain, but also like, but yeah, no, this, this, but either way, this thing's insane, and like, mm-hmm. oh god, this is gonna be so good. It's gonna be, it's, it's gonna be a ride. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. I'm getting more excited the more I hear about it, though. Yeah, it's me, just... me too. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on to our next topic. According to THR, the budget for our Amazon Studios Lord of the Rings series has been revealed and it is astronomically high. According to them, uh, the budget for the first season alone is 465 million. Uh, This comes from the New Zealand government uh, official information act initially reported by the New Zealand 
outlet stuff. Um, by comparison, HBO, speaking of Game of Thrones, HBO's Game of Thrones costs roughly $100 million to produce per season, with its budget starting around $6 million for the first season, eventually rising to around $15 million by season eight. The reason why the budget is so high is because the rights to obtain the token property cost an estimated $250 million. Also, there's uh, considerable startup costs, such as sets, costumes, props, that will be used throughout the series. This is proven to be a bit controversial as Amazon spending will trigger a tax rebate of news. I don't know if they use pounds or not, but New Zealand um, currency of 160 million with it that being for USD for USD purposes, uh, 114 million. With stuff reporting that the uh, country's treasury has labeled the show a significant fi- fiscal risk given that there's no capside to how much Amazon and therefore the government might spend. There's also the fear that the uh, New Zealand government might be left with the bill, but others have pointed that the boost is local spending by the production, plus a potential tourism surge from Lord of the Rings fans, far outweighs the tax fund, uh, the taxpayers funded uh, kickbacks, which short Nash, the Minister for Economic Development and Tourism, saying in the statement, I think what we've gotten out of Amazon in terms of the um, uh, market on return, or MOU, which I, I need to look up, up I think, yeah, MOU and the industry and how we're going to train pe- people and our ability to use footage for tourism, the ability to leverage off what Amazon is doing is fantastic. So yeah, um, what the... F- like, when I saw this, I'm like, it's going to cost them how much? But the fact that... <laughs> The fact that it, it cost them, what, you said $250 million just to get the rights? Mm-hmm. So really that, make, that makes it like almost like a, like almost another 200 So it's 250 for the rights, mm-hmm. and then for everything else, it's $250. Um, like, that, I, I'm just estimating and, like, and stuff, mm-hmm. but um, that's crazy. That is so much money. Yeah, like, that's probably lit chain for Amazon. Amazon is going to be promoting the crap out of this so they can get their money back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, um, we're promoting this into the next stadium. I don't, yeah, you know, this is just, this is insane. Like, again, most that's things- movie level, like, money. And I think that's, like, expensive movie level money. Like, yeah, yeah. and, like, Again, there are other factors into this, so it probably mm-hmm. won't be as much as we're saying, but just the, the amount alone, it probably lint changed to like Jeff Bezos and Amazon in general. I know, it's crazy. Like, I swear, I was like, I, I had to have read that wrong. It, it can't be that much. It's like, it is that much. Holy fuck, it is. I know, it's crazy. I can't believe it costs two hundred fifty million just to get the rights. That's that's also a lot, like just in general. Yeah. I know rights are crazy, how expensive, but like I mm-hmm. didn't realize it was that much. Yeah, I imagine they were probably be like, "Okay, you're Amazon. You're you're gonna we're gonna give you an offer, but yeah. this offer is like <laughs> we're we're gonna make you pay for this." For real, they're like, "Oh, it's Amazon coming. Oh, okay, okay." Let's get out the Amazon offer for Amazon. Yeah, like the big Amazon envelope. Like, uh, and then like the Amazon lawyers are probably looking at this being like, oh, 400 million? Oh, we can afford that. Sign. And then like the, um, and then like the, like the, or, or the, you know, 200 million. And like the, and like the Amazon people and like the uh, token estate is just like, 
It's just like, oh, what? And, and they're just dumbfounded because they thought they were going to have to like negotiate and stuff. Oh. Amazon's like, no, we want Lord of the Rings. So let's give us Lord of the Rings. Mm-mm. We can pay it. Yeah. I just, this whole show is just weird. And like, apparently it's going to be a prequel. Like it's gonna be set before the events, but I just it's it's a weird ass show. I it's, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, speaking of streaming stuff, um, we got a new trailer for Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. The film synopsis reads: From filmmaker Zack Snyder, responsible for three hundred Watchmen, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Army of the Dead takes place following a zombie outbreak that has left Las Vegas in ru- ruins and walled off from the rest of the world. When Scott Ward played Eddie. Dave Batista, a former zombie war hero who's now flipping burgers on the outskirts of town, uh, town he now calls home, is approached by casino boss Bly Tanaka, played by Haruyuki Sanada. Um, with uh, it's the ultimate proposition: break into the zombie-infested quarantine zone to retrieve two hundred million sitting in a vault beneath the strip before the city is nuked by the government in thirty-two hours. With little left to lose, war takes on the challenge, assembling a ragtag team of experts for the heist with Tiki Clock, a notoriously impenetrable vault, and a smarter, faster horde of alpha zombies closing in. One thing's for certain, in the greatest heist ever attempted, survivors take all. Uh, the film stars Dave Bautista, uh, Ella Purna, Omar Hardwick, Anna De La Riguera, uh, Theo Rossi, uh, Matthias, I'm not going to pronounce that last name because I feel like I'm going to put it up, nor as... I'm not going to put the last name either. Sorry, guys. Um, Haruyuki Sanada, Tina Taro, Rayo, uh, Rayo Castillo, um, Huma Kranz. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce it. I am so sorry to the, these actors. Like, I cannot pronounce your last name if it was to help me. I just uh, Samantha Wynn, Michael Cassie, Richard Cherone, and Gareth uh, Dillahunt. And it's slated to drop on Netflix on May 21st. What are your thoughts on this trailer, Jamie? This trailer, it, like, it was actually really good. I actually really enjoyed the trailer. I like, especially like the beginning where it's like before everything kind of goes crazy. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of see like, uh, like, like the calm before the storm kind of mm-hmm. feel and stuff. And, um, you know, like, I really get a feeling that, like, we're going to get a good feel of these characters before they go and go crazy and, do this mm-hmm. vault thing or whatever they're doing mm-hmm. and stuff and um i really liked it I, honestly like i think the action is going to be cool mm-hmm. the zombies are freaking terrifying mm-hmm. um, so that's going to be interesting and um yeah what do you think i'm excited for this um i just uh, okay because of this i've had kenny rogers music stuck in my head for like the week the the mu- the background music for this trailer was mm-hmm. on point Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it was on point. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was definitely on point because it's just, yeah, I know. It's just, you got to know when holding them, you know, when the road them. And it just, yeah, no, it completely makes sense. But yeah, no, this this looks insane. And it looks like a ton of, it looks like a ton of fun. Like, I know it's going to be mm-hmm. in like select theaters, but I really wish we kind of got this in theaters. I know. I I I, I totally spaced it. It was gonna be. It's like like it's gonna be in select theaters, but it's mainly gonna be like a Netflix thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I saw, it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is for Netflix, kind of. Um, 
it it definitely feels like it should be in theaters. Like I get that feeling watching yeah. the trailer. Yeah. That it feels big enough to be in an actual theater. Also, I love that last line with the zombie tiger. Be like, that's just wrong. So, the zombie tigers, something else, man. Like I, that terrifies me more than the actual zombies because that's like, that's like a predator cat. <laughs> it's gonna go crazy. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no. It's gonna, I, I, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, no. This, this, I'm, not, I'm really excited for this. I can't wait for this. Yeah. Moving on to our next topic, a Korean deadline following the news. And and side note for this, this is actually one of the items that we missed uh, while we were gone. Um, Following the news last week that Phoebe Waller-Bridge has landed the female lead in the next Indiana Jones movie, Lucasfilm has found Harrison Ford's next co-star in Mav Mikkelsen, who is set to join the next installment. How our plot details and who Mikkelsen will be playing is currently under wraps. In addition to Mikkelsen, Deadline also reports that John Williams who composed the score for all four Indiana Jones movies, is set to return as composer. Indiana Jones 5 is set to be directed by Jane Mankel, who will be placing Spielberg, and is set to start production in the summer for a June 29th, 2022 release date. So, um, we got both... <sighs> Matt Mickelson. John just... Williams is coming back! Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Like, I would not expect this movie without John Williams. I, I, I have a feeling that, like, yeah, no, it's just like... Yeah, no, just he. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he. That's all I can really say. Everybody knows that. Like, it, you <laughs> you know when you're getting a John Williams score, and it's like, especially for like a big movie like this, an Indiana Jones movie, you need to have him back to to do it. This is probably the only of uh, the only other thing that um that he agreed to come out of retirement for. The other being the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, I'm I'm not letting anyone else touch this. Be like, yeah. I I'm do- sure he's he could pick and choose. He's like, oh, you you like, oh, you're okay. No, I'm doing that. Nobody <laughs> else can do that. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Indiana Jones is my baby. But yeah. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. No. This is this is insane. I'm I'm actually really curious about this one, especially with um, especially with the guy who did Logan doing this movie. That's gonna be interesting. Cause I. Because I like him as a director. I like Jake Mankle just as a director alone, besides Logan. Like, he's done three days in the Yuma. Um, he did Copland back in the day. Um, and he did also Four Furs Ferrari, which is, was really good. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, all right. Let's see what you bring. Also, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is like, now, I, I guess they're bringing, um, I, I, well, she is kind of a part of the Lucasfilm family at this point. But, you yeah, know, mm-hmm. she, like, just bringing her on is going to be interesting. And, like, Matt Mickelson, again, you, you could never go wrong with a Matt Mickelson performance. Even in a movie like Doctor Strange, where he kind of, where he didn't really have much depth to him as a villain, it's like, it's Matt Mickelson. Yeah. 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 Anyways, moving on to our next item. Uh, exclusive from Deadline Reveal is that Oscar-nominated writers Christian Wig and Annie Malo- uh, Mum- Mumlo, Mumlo, Will reteam on their first adventure with Disney. Um, with Disney, a live action, a live action, untitled Cinderella, Cinderella Evil Stepsisters film. With the film being a fairy tale and musical comedy that reimagines the Cinderella classic from the point of view of infamous evil stepsisters Anastasia and Drusilla Tremaine as they struggle to uphold the family's legacy. While these two have starred together recently in the film, Barb and Star go to 
uh, Vista Del Mar. Insiders also point out that even if they were to appear in the film, because normally they appear both as writers, directors and stuff, um, in the film down the road, it wouldn't be as evil sisters or as the plan as the plan is for them to be played by younger actresses. The project is just one of a handful in which Disney is putting its famous antagonist front and center with its Cruella Deville pick, uh, Cruella starring Emma Stone, Bowling in May, and then a Beauty, a Beauty and the Beast prequel TV series, Gaston Lufon for Disney Plus with Luke Evans and Josh Gad reprising their roles. So yeah, this is a thing. I don't know how I feel about this. Like, do I really want to watch a movie about the stepsisters? Like, do I do I really need a movie about the stepsisters? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's gonna be. I I wonder what they're gonna do with it. Like, how? And I I kind of have a little bit of the same feeling for Corella, the Emma Stone thing coming out too, because mm-hmm. like. The thing is, they are villains. And mm-hmm. the only way I feel like, especially recently, the way people make villains interesting is give them a little bit of like, humanize them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's what they're going to do or not. Because you kind of have to, I don't know. It's just going to be interesting. I don't know how I feel about this. How do you feel about this? How, how do you feel? You're kind of on the money. Like you kind of have to tread that line. Mm-hmm. between actually humanizing them but also making them evil like mm-hmm. uh, like with Corella, at least you can't I've... completely redeem them because mm-hmm. yeah. they're they are the villains like you're not like you just can't do that like with Corella, the way i'm kind of thinking especially even who's being involved and how the movie's being marketed so far is that they're kind of leaning more into like a uh, kind of devil make hair sort of thing yeah. where she's just causing up shit just to cause up shit yeah, that's that's the vibe I get, and I think that's why I'm a little bit excited to see the Corella because I kind of just want to see her go crazy mm-hmm. um, during this movie. Because I, because is Corella supposed to be a prequel mm-hmm. before? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I know it's supposed to be said before. You that to, like, makes her. sense. So like, you see her become who she is in 101 Dalmatians and all that jazz. See, like that makes sense because you have a you are building up to something. What are you building up with with the stepsisters? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It, and like, at least with Corella, you kind of have pieces there that you can make a story with. I don't know what you can do with the stepsisters. And didn't I feel like in one of the animated movies they tried to redeem one of the stepsisters? I feel like or something. Yeah, but. <sighs> Those are also I know like, it's not a main one, but like I don't know, it was just weird. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, no. When it comes to like the directed DVD animation movies, I don't consider them as part of the Disney canon, but they are kind of like, you know, offshoots of the Disney canon. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not yeah. to dismiss them or anything, but you know, it's just no, it's yeah, just how I I, it's just how I see it. Anyways, um, moving on, and speaking of yeah. Disney, aka the Mouse. According to mm-hmm. THR, Jim and John Thomas, the brothers who wrote the 1987 action film Predator, has filed a lawsuit against Disney seeking confirmation of successfully recapturing the rights to the franchise with, with uh, Disney's 20th Century Unit filing countersuit against the Thomas brothers. They essentially filed their own suit. In the suit, mm-hmm. the Thomas brothers are seeking to exploit copyright laws, termination provision, which allows authors to cancel transfer after waiting 
waiting a period of time, typically 35 years for new works. This is kind of something that um, the James, that the Terminator people are actually dealing with. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, this comes off the heels of a new Predator movie. This is one of the things that we kind of, um, Predator movie announced by 20th Century Studios with Dan Trachtenberg or Tim Cloverfield Lane set to direct. Within hours of the filing by the Thomas Brothers, DC's 20th Century Division had its own lawsuit ready to go. While federal, uh, while federal, federal statutory copyright law endowed certain grantors like the defendants, the Thomas Brothers, with copyright termination rights, such as um, such rights may only be exer- exercised in accordance with the statute's requirements, including provisions and deta- um, de- deleting, uh, deleting, deleting, deleting when termina- uh, termination notices may be served and when termination of rights becomes effective, states the 20th century complaint, defendants notice fail to comply with the statutory requirements are and are invalid as a matter of law. So essentially in the article, um, and I, I kind of didn't mention this, but they've been trying, I, I think they've been trying to get the rights back since like 2016. And they've been oh, wow, to, that's a long time. Yeah, and like they're now like able to like file them and like they've been like filing termination notices and like this is, I don't know if this has been ignoring them or not, but it's just like this is this is nuts. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's um it's it's kind of similar to the we talked about this a, w- a while ago, but mm-hmm. we might have even talked about it in our last episode, but it's kind of similar to the Friday the 13th law, um lawsuit as well as the Terminator stuff. Mm-hmm. that's going on so it's really interesting that you know these original creators are trying to get back their works and stuff and yeah, yeah it's super interesting especially yeah, now they've very. become like multi-billion dollar um ip yeah you like we want some of that money as well mm-hmm. so, <laughs> yeah. yeah what are your thoughts on this i mean like i hope that it's just crazy, and I and it's such a long time that they had to wait to be able to like properly file and all that jazz. And I hope mm-hmm. that whatever comes out, that they get their whatever, like they deal the copyright stuff, and that it's dealt with swiftly and mm-hmm. and stuff. And that whatever happens, that the Th- the Thomas brothers, yeah, the Thomas brothers are happy mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, moving on to our um, next item, an exclusive from the site, the hashtag show reveals that, and keep in mind, this is also kind of rumor. These next few items I'm also going to say are a bit more rumor milly, so take this with a grain okay. of salt. Um, an exclusive from the site, the ha- that hashtag show reveals that Marvel Studios is in early development on a Wolverine anthology, uh, anthology series for Disney Plus, similar to like um, FX's American Horror Story. As for any plot details, it has been reported that Marvel is aiming to adapt the famous Weapon X story arc for the first season, which will cover the character's origin story, his time in the Weapon X program, and ultimately like what shapes Logan into the berserker with the claws that we all know and love. Uh, mm-hmm. News of this actually kind of ties back in with a reported scoop from industry insider Mikey Sun, who we, we've covered him, we're going to be covering him next, but um, who covered, who scooped the news about Secret Invasion a full year before anyone... Um, before anyone got wind of it and before it was announced at Investor Day. Where according to oh, him, wow. again, take this scooper to grain of salt, Wolverine's first appearance will involve him on the run from Department K, which runs the Weapon X program. So this is interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not as big into the X-Men stuff. Like I'm not as familiar 
with this mm -hmm. kind of stuff but this is very cool mm -hmm. i think and it makes yeah. a lot of sense yeah and it's like okay all right i see what you're doing here it's just gonna be interesting because you know we already been introduced to mandapore which is a big huge x-men thing mm -hmm. so um uh, so yeah no this is i mean we are we're, we're setting up for the mutants yeah uh, and i think I honestly, mean, this... yeah oh, you go first I said this is definitely another step in that direction, getting confirmation of mutants exist act can canonically existing uh -huh. in the universe. Yeah. So. Also, I kind of like the idea of an anthology series because then we kind of get to explore like different time time periods for Wolvie. So yeah, I, that's really cool. That's actually a really cool uh, aspect for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our final um yeah to our final topic for the day. Uh, speaking of Mikey, and take the and again take this with a grain of salt. Um, speaking of Mikey, according to him, Grant Gustin, who plays Barry Allen, aka The Flash, on CW's The Flash, is in discussions to have a cameo in Ezra Miller's The Flash, which is set to star him as a titular character. According to Sutton, Ezra's Flash will time travel through the DC multiverse, where he will see Grant Gustin's Flash. Other heroes that are being considered include Hamilton Soups. Uh, the two have actually already met during the 2019 crossover Crisis on Infinite Earths. In addition, mm -hmm. director Amy Muschietti has said that the film will take inspiration from the Flashpoint storyline in the comics, where Barry goes goes back in time in order to save his mom, only for him to wind up creating an alternate universe. So we might be getting... <sighs> How do we feel and... about this? I don't... Like, don't get me wrong. I'm excited because seeing them in the Crisis and Infinite Earths thing, mm -hmm. that scene of Ezra popping up and having them on screen, even though it was literally for like a couple minutes, mm -hmm. was still one of the coolest things that happened in that crossover for me because I was so <laughs> excited. And if he's making it, if it's Flashpoint and he's making alternate timelines, it makes sense, mm -hmm. you know? Is Grant Gustin going to have the time to do this, though? Is the whole, well, they are filming in Vancouver, so it probably really doesn't matter that much. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think they're filming already in Vancouver there. London, so. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm. How do yeah, you feel? I, I'm curious about this, because I'm also just thinking, like, he could definitely give Ezra's, you know, flash kind of this, like, not really a pep talk, but kind of like, hey, don't fucking mess with time. Listen, if that's how he pops up and he's literally like, dude, what did you do? What, like, why did you mess up? Like, if that's his role and he's like, just don't do it. I'm going to laugh because of, of how much he's messed up in the show. It's going to be so funny. Yeah, if that's like, if this ends up happening. Yeah, because I feel like we need like a running counter of like how many times Barry has messed up in, this, in the show. Oh, so much. Oh, so much. It's like the Ray Palmer knockout counter. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm curious about this. I'm curious to see if they're going to pull this off or not. But we yeah. shall see, as they say. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to recommendations, we got so we're going to kind of catch up a little bit with Falcon and Winter Soldier because we've been gone. So, episode three, um, we're going to do the current. We're going to do the most recent episode. But uh, first off, episode three, um, Zemo was fun. It was nice to see him and Sharon <laughs> again. This is definitely yeah. also a John Wick like episode. Oh, yeah, for sure, 100%. Which, which makes sense, given that this and the next episode, uh, episode four, are written by Karen Colsett, who wrote, like, the first, um, who wrote, like, the first three John Wick movies. Yeah. So, yeah. it's like, you know, it's what you expect. 
Episode four. Holy shit balls that ending. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh right. my gosh. The uh I forgot her name, but her popping up at the end. I'm blanking. Um Carly or Yeah. The Wakanda. Oh, um uh oh oye. Oh yeah. Oh, that was her okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no Dormilaji being these two episodes. Um I, I love the Dormilaji and I'm just and I, I honestly love the bit in the fourth episode where he was just where Dormilaji was just kicking um kicking John Walker's butt and he and he was like they're not even super soldier and it's just like <laughs> I know it's funny. I I, I yeah I know. Also like um please tell me um please Ryan make them the leads for um that Wakanda show you're doing. I imagine that they probably are, but just 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 please, pretty please. I know top. for real. For real. <laughs> Hundred percent agree with you. Because um, they're I, I just yeah, they're awesome. But yeah, um, yeah. speaking of that holy shit ball ending, we now go into episode five. We start the episode off with Sam and Bucky confronting Walker following the end of the last episode. The three fight over this shield with Sam and Bucky winning. During the fight, though, Sam uh, Walker Walker breaks Sam's wings. Sam then meets up with Torres, who informs that because of what happened, with Walker to GRC are taking jurisdiction. Meanwhile, Walker is stripped of his title as Captain America by the council. And oh, I, I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, oh my God. Is that Julia, just Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus? What the hell is she doing here? Are we in, a, in an episode of Veep? Yeah, when she pops up, I'm like, wait, what's happening? Wait, what? what? Is she the power broker? Uh, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. and apparently... Um, uh, Valtina Arega de Fontaine, or Val, don't tell her, tell her, don't tell her, I told her, I, I said that, <laughs> is Madame Hy- is Madame Hydra. And also, she's like uh, a Theory's girlfriend in the comics. That's very funny. Yeah, and apparently, and, and Vandy Re- uh, Fair, like, reported on this, like, right after the episode came out, apparently she was supposed to first appear in Black Widow before it was pushed back due to the pandemic. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So, there's that. Uh, following this, Carly returns to the compound only to find it shut down. We then see Zemo at the Sokovia Memorial only for Bucky to arrive. Bucky is about to kill Zemo, but reveals that his gun is empty with Zemo ultimately taken by Dormilaji to the ref. Sam goes to Baltimore to give uh, to visit Isaiah to give him the shield. Isaiah tells him what happened on the mission and shows him a scar. Mm-hmm. He also tells him during... <sighs> Sorry, I'm during this that. this whole scene between mm-hmm. sam and um isaiah was very was a lot it was a lot and it was very well done i thought yeah um yeah props to both anthony Mackie and carl Lundby. they yeah they killed it and just on the record it you really know, did as a black man myself it's just it, it hit home mm-hmm. in a way and we'll talk about this after i'm done with the summary and stuff but it hit home in a way, and and already episode two kind of did this, but it hits home in a way where I'm like, "Fuck, yeah, I relate to this. I relate. I I sadly feel this, and just mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Sam goes home um to, and learns that the boat's backer are backed out. He then tells Sarah to start calling up some favors. Bucky then arrives with something from the Wakandans and helps out with the boat. After that, we see Walker's ghost of visit Lamar's family and lies about who kills him. Okay, is Sharon the power broker? That is the... I don't know. I, I'm starting to lean towards the theory that she is. 
and initially I was like, um, I don't think she is, guys. But I was like, oh wow, she yeah. really has turned um, Breaking Bad. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bucky wakes up to find Sam's cousin playing with the shield while doing some shield throwing. Bucky apologizes to Sam about getting angry at him for giving up the shield while. Sam gives him gives Bucky tough love about making amends. Sarah and Sam have a heart to heart, which leads to the Sam having a train montage, which was badass. Mm-hmm. Especially when you consider that he doesn't have any super soldier syndrome and he's just like a normal soldier, like just wheeling that yeah. shield, which is I'm not gonna lie, that thing is a deadly object. For real, like during that whole training thing, and even like Bucky and Sam just throwing it like at the trees and like throwing it back and forth, I was like. Yeah, that shield is a little. That's it's intense. It's a weapon. Like that is a weapon. I don't, I don't want to call it a weapon of mass destruction, but I think it chop off a person's head. Oh, it could. Yeah, for sure. Like I just, uh, yeah. Um. Anyways, Batroc is back and is working with the Flash Smashers. With them setting up an attack in New York during the patch vote, Taurus informs Sam about this with the final shot of the episode of Sam opening up uh, Bucky's package, and then we. Okay, did you see the post credit scene? Yeah, I did see Walker working on the ship. Yeah. 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 So I'm, yeah. Overall, this episode, the thematic stuff in this episode, it's heavy. Like, this is one of those episodes where I'm just like, fuck. I, yeah. It, it hits home. There's also, I, I also want to recommend this piece, and we'll add it in the show notes, but uh, there's this great piece by Richard Newby that kind of just mm-hmm. cemented how I felt about the show, especially as a black man today mm-hmm. and just as and i don't want to get over it really look there's some stuff going on in the world right now even as we re- kind of record and like currently also this week this week was not a fun week um mm-hmm. that is just it's rough it's rough yeah but i think i think bucky kind of puts it best where we we didn't know how much it would i don't think when Steve gave up the shield, I don't think either of us knew how much it was going to mean for a black man to carry the shield. That that line, I think, summed up. That was like their perfect way to kind of explain it, mm-hmm. because, like, I think logically we knew it'd be important, but we never knew how. Like, it never completely registered mm-hmm. um, of how important it would become. Mm-hmm. with sam having it yeah so yeah yeah and it's just yeah and it's just i don't know it it hits it hits yeah. home but it's just yeah i just I, I gotta give up to the writers and the and the cast and crew just they're knocking out of the park with this but yeah no this this was a great this was a great episode this is probably i think this is probably my favorite episode probably my it might even be my second favorite episode um but yeah no i just yeah yeah it's really really good yeah anyways um so you have a show you want to talk about um okay so you guys ready for a very short story time then i'm gonna start talking about the show so you have the floor yeah i have so during this break made the mistake of letting my sister get me into anime so (laughs) this was a mistake a good mistake but it was it's been a while it's been a ride people it's been a ride mm-hmm. so we first started with i'm not gonna t- the first one we watched was my hero academia i'm not gonna talk about that but i do love that show go check mm-hmm. it out very quick recommendation then 
make the decision because I have heard of this little show called Attack on Titan. Okay. <laughs> I knew nothing about this show. Okay. So after we finished My Hero, we were trying to find another show. And I thought about it. I'm like, oh, hey, did they have this show? And my sister looked at me because she's seen it. And she's like, oh, are you sure you want to watch the show? It's what she said to me before we watch a single episode. She said, are you sure that you want to watch this? I'm like, yes, I, I, I've heard it's really good. I literally, I'm not even kidding, guys. I knew nothing about this. No spoilers, nothing. I went in completely blind mm-hmm. with the show. Nobody warned me about how, what emotional roller coaster this show is. It's like, it's, it's okay. I'm not going to get into too many spoilers because especially since there is a current season airing and stuff, but it literally like, it is so good. Um, I have a lot of feelings about it. Um, I love literally I, I I I love all of the characters so much and like it's a that's a bad thing if you watch the show if you like a, a lot of the characters it's a bad bad thing <laughs> you don't get attached to characters because if you know the show you know what happens mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. stuff and the tree the main three characters I love them so much and I haven't been as attached to a trio in a long time so I'm like. Oh my gosh, it's so much. Um, I and but what I love about this show is like how I've been watching reactions to it, and somebody said that these characters react nor like as normal to the stuff that they go through because they've gone through some trauma in this show, and they actually like get to express that a lot for most of the show. So it's crazy, um, and yeah, so. I am on. I'm, I am on season four. Yes, I have been watched it the last couple of weeks. <laughs> no, I do not regret it. <laughs> but it's a lot to watch all four seasons in one go like this. I would not recommend it for your emotion. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> oh my god! Literally, we got to a point in season three, and like I'm literally like numb because i'm like i cannot freak out right now it is too late and like i need to like pro- i can't process anything mm-hmm. and it was like and, it, and it's near the end of season three um oh, yeah Th- this and it's also i'm not one for a lot of gore and stuff and so this does have a lot of that in it um so if you haven't seen it be wary of that like i would try to find like a trailer for season one or something to see if it's your thing um but like i'm not even kidding as somebody going in completely blind i was like after the first episode i was like because i'm like i need to know what happens to these kids like i need to know what happens <laughs> because it's so much so yeah it's it's very good and i've been rambling for way too long now so. <laughs> <laughs> i i just wanted you to have the floor with that because i i've only seen about i think the, i think like partly the first season of it mm-hmm and I'm just, and I liked it, but it was just like. It, it gets worse. It gets worse. The war goes on. How worse does it get? Um, I mean, pretty bad. I, I don't want to go into too many spoilers for people who haven't seen it. I mean, I know the, these past, like, especially the current season, but, uh, 
sequel three, there's this battle, and a lot of them do not make it. I'll just say that. So, oh, God. So, yeah. So, I was having a meltdown when we were watching that part. That And their battle episodes take, like, since the episodes are, like, 20 to 30 minutes, it takes, like, three or four episodes for one big battle. So, like, once that starts, I'm like, okay, we have to finish this section. Then we can stop because I'm not stopping in the middle of these sections because I can't do it. But, yeah. yeah. Um and Mikasa, the main girl, is such a badass, and I love her so much. She is, I did not expect that, and she, she's awesome. She's yeah. so cool. I, I, yeah, again, I've only seen, like, about, I think, like, partly the first season of this back when, yeah. on Netflix back in the day, but, yeah, no, it's, I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just, like, I was like, oh, your sister tricked you, and your sister tricked you bad. Literally, she tried to warn me. <laughs> about it because she's like are you sure you want to watch this show mm. she's like are you sure literally before we started it because we have just finished my hero mm-hmm. and my hero is a little bit intense and um hold on and and i was like yeah i want to like i was like yeah i want to watch it and, she, and but compared to my time uh, compared to t- attack on titan it's nothing it's literally nothing <laughs> and it's so we literally watched like a new episode of um my hair the other day i'm like oh it's so nice not to watch such a stressful anime for a second <laughs> literally i get so stressed out i'm like i'm watching it i'm like please don't die please don't die please don't die it's like 90 percent of the time so i yeah. just again i'm just i i'm i'm cackling laughing just but also i'm just like just i'm 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 happy it is so well written like i i was Mm -hmm. not expecting that Mm -hmm. and uh and the relationships and everything are so good like it it feels so real it's crazy Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. anyways um so something i've watched during my break Mm -hmm. is ted lasso awesome what do you think of ted lasso i really enjoyed it so for those that um, follow me on twitter i actually been doing a i I did a small lasso watch from like episode two onwards and Mm -hmm. i just i don't know i would like literally i would get up because i get up really early in the morning i get up at ungodly hours for several reasons um Mm -hmm. i get up early i get my breakfast and like i as i'm like eating my breakfast i life i watch an episode or two of the show and i just I just fell in love with this show. I it's just mm-hmm. it's so well written. The characters are likable, and just it's so wholesome. Like mm-hmm. you, you can definitely feel the characters' growth and stuff. And it's just I don't know. I just had a big, huge smile on my face, and like just I don't know why I. And this show came out like last year in April, and I I don't know why I've been putting it off. Like I think it might have been because of the Apple thing, which mm-hmm. by the way, you Apple Apple TV. Um, Y'all really need to do a better job of promoting your stuff. Get a deal with get a deal with YouTube, YouTube TV, or something, because you're missing out. You're having they people miss good out stuff on there. Uh-huh. They really do, and you're right. They need to get better at promoting because, uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, no, it's just it's just so good. I just I don't know. I highly recommend it if y'all haven't seen it. But yeah, cool, cool, cool. cool. Yeah. I definitely want to check that out. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, uh, that'll do it for us. Yep, so please follow us on all our social media pages. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. That's with the number two. 
or on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks, spelled all the way out. And also, if you feel like emailing us about anything from this episode or previous episodes, such as if you've seen Ted Lasso, if you've seen Attack on Titan, if you, mm-hmm. any of our news stories, please email us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, we're at conversationwith2geeks at gmail.com. And that is spelled all the way out. And we will leave a link to our Anchor homepage that has linked to all these in the show notes. Well, anyways, have a lovely weekend, everyone, and take care. Bye-bye. Take care, everybody. Bye.